All right. Welcome to the monthly movie dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing and gushing over movies since we are young and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. Uh, I'm Brandon Bowlby, the host of this week's episode. And with me, I have Derek Deal. I'm the passenger. From the passenger from Everett, Washington. I'm here in New York City. Um, today, we will be reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong, which just dropped uh, this last week. Um, been oddly anticipating this film because it's one of the kind of the first like comeback blockbusters emerging out of quarantine. And that was mm -hmm. proven a hundred percent in its crazy box office um, and theaters that no one was expecting this weekend. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the numbers, Derek. Yeah, this is like uh, the first time I've been to box office mojo in like over a year. It was actually really exciting. Yeah, uh, we I think they hit a forty-eight point five million, which I mean I thought it would might meander around like fifteen or twenty at best, mm -hmm. but like. Granted, it's not the levels it, it probably could have been, but that's like a legit opening yeah. for most films. Yeah. Uh, I think the budget of this movie was about $180 million. Um, So we'll see. It uh, it also dropped at the same time, day and date, on HBO+. Plus, and you can also see it there Max. pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, Max. Oh, so same many thing. like... <laughs> so many suffixes for yeah. all these like streaming services. It's hard to keep track of. Yeah. Um, so what to talk about, uh, real quick, Derek, do you have our stream open right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So looking good. Yep. All um, right. Um, keep an eye on that for me. Uh, but let's dive into this monster verse that kind of seemed to come out of nowhere that they're building for themselves, uh, that this film, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is attached to. Mm -hmm. I think so far they've hit their fourth film. Uh, so the chronological order is Godzilla. Uh, kind of the small movie that came out, um, I don't know, six years ago at this point. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then it's follow-up, Kong Skull Islands. And then the more recent, Godzilla, King of Monsters. And now finally, the the big meetup, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, this like series, I wasn't expecting. I don't know if anyone asked for it. Um, <laughs> and I'm surprised they're already somehow on the fourth film. Like, no joke, Derek, when I went yeah. to see this movie... I wasn't even thinking about the past three films. <laughs> and granted, I never saw Godzilla King of Monsters, which this film is probably most related to. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I saw the cast of characters, um, like uh, Kyle Chandler and the girl from uh, Netflix Millie, show. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown yeah. Uh, from Stranger Things. I was like, oh shit, yes, this is like an ongoing series Mm. of films that this is attached to um so have you seen all four now derek yes i actually just watched king of monsters like a couple weeks ago in preparation for this movie should have done it um. but honestly it didn't <laughs> even cross my mind yeah like, whatsoever yeah um and godzilla king of monsters when you mentioned earlier like i was so excited for that movie because <laughs> the trailer was like gorgeous yeah and then it came out to just like middling reviews and mm -hmm. i kind of just pushed it aside yeah, uh, but yeah, you just saw it. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. You know, I actually had it built up as like 
uh, like one of the worst Godzilla movies ever made. Uh, mm-hmm. People at work that are like huge Godzilla fans. And uh, it, probably from that perspective as like a, you know, long time like Toho fan of Godzilla, then uh, I could understand why why these movies probably aren't quite doing it for people because they're not like they're not like smart movies you know they're just kind of like big dumb uh like beautiful like crazy imagery uh, and action scenes and stuff but they're just not a lot of like meat to them and yeah I think like that's what we were saying like it about to me it kind of always reminded me of um the second jurassic world movie yeah and just like really visionary director with just maybe no sustenance under it yeah and they've actually gotten some pretty good directors um that first one was directed by gareth evans i think who ended up doing yeah rogue one um and and, and i thought like i mean the first one i thought yeah. it was i thought that is like average yeah like to me that's kind of like as average as it gets mm-hmm. for these movies like there's stuff to enjoy there's some things to hate but overall like it's fine and you walk away with a few good scenes yeah um so that's where i was always at with that film did you see kong skull island i saw kong skull island and that movie is fucking great yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's like that's how you do like dumb blockbuster Mm -hmm. to the absolute like best extent yeah um like Fast and the Furious, like the best of Fast and the Furious type style. Right. You know what you're doing and you do it so like creatively and tongue in cheek, but just like still being artful somehow and like having all these awesome scenes with payoffs and like funny moments. And, and not the same yeah. like action. You know, it's, it's easy with these big monsters. It's like, let's just be monsters punching each other. But that movie was really good at like finding ways to do those scenes differently each each time you know so it felt unique even though it's another kong movie which seems so unoriginal the whole plot and what like kong and all the like monsters they find in that movie like everything felt unique yeah there's this um clip on twitter that like was circling around of like the best death scene um of just the guy like holding the grenade Mm. trying to kill the monster like one of the lizard monsters and it stops and just like smacks him with his tail and he goes shooting off like a rocket into the cliffside and just explodes in a second. <laughs> yeah. And the music's like, it's about to be some cliche triumph a moment. Right. And it just pulls a perfect 180 <laughs> on you. Like that's just how smart that movie is. Yeah. Um, so I always loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like, now that we're like talking about King Kong and like imagining like Peter Jackson, King Kong and stuff like this is completely different. Like when I think of these movies, I just think of big animals punching each other. They're like kaiju yeah. movies, you know. They're like Pacific Rim type stuff. Is what I kind of yeah. This is think. this um, especially this new one. This new one yeah. is Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, full on. Yeah. Um, what's what's your what's your favorite and least favorite of all four? Just quick shot. I think Kong Skull Island's still pretty easily my favorite, and I think the first Godzilla honestly is probably my least favorite. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. If I was to rank them, I think I'd go from worst to best. I'd go Godzilla uh, and then uh, Kong versus Godzilla and then King of Monsters and then Kong's Kong. Okay. Yeah. So King of Monsters was a step up from the one we are reviewing today. Yeah. So King yeah, of I Monsters, would... what they do really good in that movie is there's just so, there's so many 
like monsters. There's so many big giant things for Godzilla to fight. So they can they can just do the you know punching thing every time, but it's still interesting because every monster has like a whole different perspective, like a whole different way they have yeah. to go about like beating your it script is it. just all already forgiving in yeah. that way. It's yeah. like good setup. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my order is agreed with you. Kong Skull Island the best. Um I would say Godzilla is just middle meandering and then um Godzilla vs. Kong is my least favorite. And yeah. I didn't see King of Monsters and maybe I'll like turn it on one evening pretty casually and yeah and watch through it just see how it is. Yeah. All right. So uh so with that, let's get going with all that backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong, um, directed by Adam Wingard. Uh, he's done a few interesting movies. Yeah. Uh, Death Note on Netflix, which was trash. <laughs> um, you, I don't know. Do you? What do you think of his VHS stuff? You probably have an opinion. Uh, on that. Yeah, VHS is pretty good. He directed one of the segments of there. Him and his, he has like a writing like a writer that writes a bunch of his movie oh, when he was doing his horror movies he mm-hmm. he had a writer and he's the director and they collaborated on a bunch of movies so um i've actually been a fan of his for quite a while mm-hmm. um, comes from his kind of horror past and you're next before that mm-hmm. you're next and the guests are both really really great horror movies this is definitely his his first blockbuster his first time doing a very high budget film who knows how much netflix gave him for death note but this is definitely the highest budget film he's worked with mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so uh starring alexander skarsgård um miley bobby brown rebecca hall um just to name a few and plot description uh the epic next chapter in the cinematic monster verse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against each other the fearsome godzilla and the mighty kong with humanity caught in the balance. <laughs> That's a good plot description. It like has nothing to do with the plot. It's like a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's cool. Um, available in theaters right now. Go, you can go see it with a mask or uh, HBO Plus um, if you want to stream it. Um, let's uh, let's get your first thoughts since maybe you liked it a little more than me, Derek. Well, I want to know real quick before we get too far into there. Just uh, yes. So I watched it at home on HBO Max. You went in theaters and watched it, right? I went to what I think is the nicest theater in New York, the AMC at Lincoln Center, Mm. and uh, went to Dolby uh, there. How did that feel? (laughs) We always say this, but it always shocks me. It's the loudest fucking experience (laughs) of my life. Like, honestly, there was, like, children there, and in my head, I was like, these guys get these kids out of here. Like... (laughs) This is like, this can't be good for them. This is so like too loud for anybody here, let alone little kids. Right. But um, yeah, it was, it was like uncomfortable how loud it was, which maybe was good or bad, but (laughs) the seats are so amazing. The screen is so gorgeous. And the room you're in is just like, I don't know. It just feels so great to be in that theater all the time. Yeah. Um, Signed back up for Stubbs A-list. Nice. It was free. Yeah. Um, I'll keep going. I got my vaccination. Nice. Um, I got my first first shot. Yeah. So uh, it'll get easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't quite made the commitment to do that yet. I still haven't even made it out to the theaters. And I'm not, like, afraid to go. It's more of a time thing now. It's just, like, so mm-hmm. busy. And that's, like, the nice thing that's kind of coming out of this, you know, depending who you are. It's just it's kind of become a nicer thing for me. Like, I'll, I'll pay the 20 bucks at home 
just because yeah. I don't have time to like spend an extra hour like, just uh, traveling yeah. back and forth and watching trailers. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So I can just like pop it on. You know, I did that thing where I was like, oh, the movie's not going to start till I know AMC. The movie doesn't start <laughs> till 24 minutes in. Right. So I showed up like 22 minutes in. It was nice. Fine. <laughs> um, All right. Give me your thoughts, cool. Derek. Uh, so overall, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I thought it was like visually it was just like incredible. Like, um, you know, I, I don't know how much like if it really stands like above the other ones as far as like the graphics, I think we've kind of gotten to a point now where it's just like everything, if you throw enough money at it, just everything always looks amazing. And there's some shots in this that are just like incredible how much detail they are able to put in these creatures and stuff nowadays and the expression. Mm -hmm. And it's just nuts. There's like scenes in this movie. You're just like, what am I looking at? Like there's just so much visually going on and it's, I liked it. I thought it worked. It's insanity. Watch after, especially after watching like a lot of the VFX artists react on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It like um, gives me like a higher respect for just like the amount of rendering time. Yeah, and the amount of scale they have in these, which causes like their particle physics generator to just be even more insane when they're in Hong Kong at mm -hmm. the end. Right. Like I just couldn't imagine putting those scenes together and like hitting the render <laughs> button on your server farm. Right. Um, and hoping it all comes out good. Like yeah. it is. Yeah. We're just at the point where it's like 90% of this movie is the most like jaw dropping full CGI animation. And like, I got to the point where I felt like bad for how much money I had to be poor. Like there would be throwaway shots where it would just like cut back to Kong, like eating a, <laughs> eating like a bug for no reason. Yeah. And I was like, they just like demanded that and <laughs> to the effects company and they had to produce, even though it was like, here's an extra four months of like effects time. In right. A 10 second shot that's not even needed for this film. Yeah. Yeah. It's large, a large portion of this movie is entirely just computer generated. Yeah. No actors, no anything, just like large portions of it hundred percent um but yeah so aside of that so it's just it's yeah jaw-droppingly beautiful movie um the i thought the plot was really kind of boring i don't really know like like if we were to pull apart the different plot lines i'm not really sure what any of them were trying to do except for some sort of kong backstory that didn't really go anywhere in the end and then yes yeah, a b plot that ended up having like almost no effect on the plot the overall story and that is interesting i don't know if you want to die like i didn't think of that where you're saying the kong backstory that didn't go anywhere yeah i didn't really think of that but like you're talking about the throne yeah and the axe i assume yeah. it's a setup like they're hoping uh, i hope for so down the road but but yeah, you're right. Like the climax of all that is just him sitting in a chair, which yeah. doesn't really explain anything anyways. I think like one thing I learned after watching King of Monsters, and I was look <clears throat> looking up all the stuff that I didn't even get. I was like, what, why did they put that in the movie? But they're all like callbacks to all the original movies. Mm -hmm. They have a bunch of just like random callbacks. I'm curious if all that Hollow Earth stuff must be I'm sure you know, they're pulling from the yeah the older stuff hollow earth was like yeah too specific of an idea for it not to have been based on 
some of these older films, yeah. um, which I'm guessing there's many of, but, uh, and I, maybe one of them has to do with Kong, um, you know, being the ruler of the King hollow earth kingdom. So Mm -hmm. that probably helps out with that backstory. Yeah. But so if that's the case, then maybe that'll be cool down the road. But as it stands right now, it was just kind of like a way to spend half hour of the movie, you know, um, and see some cool like imagery, you know, weird, you know, like earth, like plant, like, I don't even know, like, <laughs> you know, all weird physics mountains coming down from the ceiling and the floor. And, um, yeah. And it looked cool, but Definitely um, looked cool. yeah, it was just for him to get like an axe. Touching and... the rock and having it like come out of its equilibrium and fall upwards yeah. into the upwards into the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like cool visuals for sure. It did add to like some of the stuff I did like that I thought did work um, was like the, I mean, we're not, I don't know if I should save anything for like spoilers. Yeah. Let's save spoilers. Okay. If you have a couple points. Okay. Well, I'll just finish my initial reactions then. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, uh, yeah, I, the plot, I had a lot of issues with the plotting. Um, there were some characters that I thought were brought in just to kind of for connective tissue, but weren't really important to the story but um the action was really like just epic and it, it looked so cool that i just could not help but just be in awe and have a lot of fun during the this all the battle scenes you know and i thought they were pretty creative i don't think they're quite up there with like skull island but um no. they were i thought they were better than like pacific rim um which i think has a lot of issues too but uh, they're pretty similar visually, and I think this one worked a lot better with the fight scene. So, yeah, um, I kind of agree with you on a, a lot of the fronts. Actually, I I don't disagree with you on any of your points, except for to me, it's just like because of those points, I fall on a much more disappointed like level of this film. Uh, I think that the visuals are outstanding and mind blowing, and so hard to even grasp how much time was spent on on those shots especially leading up to the climax just insane mm-hmm. and when you see kong's face and his detail and movement like it's incredible um i think every character in this movie is the worst <laughs> like plot wise motivation wise they're giving no agency or relevance to the story whatsoever i think um the uh the you call it the b story even though like it's half of the characters in the film right. and half of what any of the characters do it's like 50 percent of the character um storyline of this film with uh oh what do we millie bobby, uh, brown. Miley, millie bobby brown like her storyline is the worst <laughs> it it goes they're just like bumbling around they affect nothing in the plot. Everything is just happening to them and they make no decisions of their own right to affect the outcome of the next scene. You know, mm. they're just like stump, like literally stumbling. Like it's some like children's cartoon, like, Whoa, <laughs> like, how did we get here? Uh, and, and like they fall into a spaceship that happens to take off and bring them to this next place. And then right. they, it's just, it's so bad. Um, and there's one thing they end up doing in the very end. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Um, 
they spill some liquid. Yeah. And it's not even Miley Bobby Brown that does it. It's this new character, or maybe he's not new, but it's this like the most tertiary character that does nothing. Yeah, they're both new. She's the only person from the other. And like that, like we spend like 40 minutes with these characters (laughs) to amount to them spilling some liquid. Yeah. Uh, and like, that's it. You like look closely and that's the only thing they do. Mm -hmm. Um, so really weird that they shoehorn these characters back into this movie to have them do nothing. Um, It was like a transformers thing. Like that's something transformers do like the transformer movies. Are they just like making up things for characters to do just to fill up screen time, you know, along for the ride Yeah, of everything else that's happening around them. But for some reason we're following them. Right. Um, and like, honestly, I think even the flip side, um, of Alexander Skarsgård and the, the child, Mm. like, there is there's not much more there either besides yeah. like slow motion shots of the child trying to seem really like brave and epic in the in front of kong um there there's not too much with them either mm. uh, like i actually envisioned like an alternate version of this movie <laughs> of it just from kong's perspective yeah and having it be like a silent film right. with this like girl <laughs> that would show up every once in a while to like calm him down yeah and and his relationship bet- with just Kong and Godzilla that's like unspoken but like it develops through their fights in this film like that's like the interesting character development I would want to see yeah. um, but instead they have it flipped around we follow mostly these characters that do nothing and our two interesting characters Godzilla and Kong are like you know kind of sidelined into just action yeah uh that's my summary of yeah. how I felt. Kind of rough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, balls to the wall, crazy action for sure. You can't deny that. Yeah. Um, and there's some good, there's some like cool, like stuff, like you were saying, like sometimes even better than Pacific Rim, like some really funky action moves and shots to go along with it, with mm-hmm. the scale um, that work really well. Yeah. And there's some, yeah, great epic sci fi stuff going on. Yeah. I think all the action scenes are pretty fun across the board. Um, uh, yeah. So Nick just wrote I in our chat. Um, yeah. I loved everything about King and about Kong and Godzilla, but everything with the humans was boring. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I, on the same page with you, Nick. That was kind of what I was describing. I think the Kong Godzilla dynamic is probably pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, the best part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. I did. I, didn't mind the little girl i think like i I actually kind of understand um what like i think she kind of worked like i kind of like the idea of her being if i if i understood what they're saying correctly she's from she's like a native from skull island Mm -hmm. and so she has like this relationship with kong as he's like their protectors and stuff like that i think that's kind of a cool that's just a cool idea Then, was she in the last film no that i didn't see oh okay um but it was kind of like a weird they like decided not to go too far into that they just kind of left it at that and then brought her in when they needed her to like bring some emotional weight to whatever was yeah. happening to kong yes her like her character wasn't really explored too much about if she, especially if she wasn't in the other films we've got to be mistaken there she has to be mentioned before. I don't think she. But I mean, we they, meet. Yeah, they the, could have. 
natives gone more and, depth about what it meant to her about being from this island and now her people are gone or, or whatnot. Yeah. But they kind of bring her in on these like very repetitive, same scenes. She does the same thing like four times in a row mm-hmm. where she just like touches Kong or stands there in a really like, and they just show the scale between her being little and Kong being huge and her not being afraid. Yeah. And they kind of do that over and over again. And it's cool, but it would be cooler if we like really knew who she was right. and why she needed Kong or something. Yeah. They should just taken out like the whole, all the Millie Bobby Brown stuff and added in more scenes of that girl like you know even do like maybe a feeling something about yeah. her life and position and yeah yeah being yeah. deaf and yeah that's a great i mean that's a great idea and it would just like could connect her to her parental figures mm-hmm. if i guess they are I guess, even though yeah. she just kind of like lives with her but she's not her mom but she kind of is and mm-hmm. she i don't know yeah that's a weird connect i never really got the connection with um, the lead female character, which I'm blanking on her name, and uh, Alexander Rebecca, Rebecca Hall, I think. Rebecca Hall. I get. I mean, yeah. I don't even know who the lead was. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> I I do have really. another gripe with like the acting, or maybe it's more the script in this film. Like, mm. I think this is like kind of the modern trend of um, Avengers director. What's his name? Jo- Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon. I think this is kind of like the Joss Whedonification of summer blockbuster characterization, mm. where just everyone is like, doesn't really care, and everyone just kind of like right. is joking <laughs> about everything, and there's no grounded person in the world. Um, no one's ever in a serious situation. They're all like or super like self-aware about the movie. Yeah, and they're just like throwing jabs. They're self-aware. They're quirky. And they don't really care too much about what's actually happening. Um, and it's supposed to make the audience like feel fun and light and popcorn, summer popcorny. Mm. But to me, it just makes me feel like detached from everything. And especially when it's not just one character, it's like five or six characters all acting that same way. Yeah. There's like no differentiation between them. Yeah. Um, and I really got a lot of vibes from that from this movie. It was kind of annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of a thing about this franchise because the first one was like so grounded. It was almost like yes. too grounded. 100%. And then Kong Skull Island was kind of closer to what you're talking about this movie does, except for it made it work. I think like maybe they balanced it a lot better um, because like John C. O'Reilly's in that movie and he's like really silly and kind of. But I guess if you can just build it into the characters in a way that makes sense, it, it you can make it work. But yeah, it's like it's easy to just blank, like just throw it on all the characters because it's like we all know this is a big silly blockbuster, so no one needs to take it super seriously, and we're gonna focus on the action scenes and stuff. And that's kind of what it feels like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and where where would you think uh, the last film would fall into your spectrum you're creating? um actually the last film was like closer to the first one i thought in it's doesn't really have any humor like it's a pretty dour movie Mm -hmm. a lot yeah it's like yeah it actually doesn't really have any comedic relief maybe that was something they were trying to like overcompensate for yeah in this one and it just didn't didn't quite click yeah one thing that was a little offensive to me is uh uh is the imdb rating 
of Godzilla <laughs> vs. Kong versus um, Kong Skull Island. Oh no! Um, Godzilla vs. Kong is a seventy-five percent on on Rotten Tomatoes, and Kong Skull Island is seventy-five percent also Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I take some gripe to that. Like, <laughs> who are these critics? Yeah, I think these movies are completely equivalent in their funness and creativity. See, I think people weren't ready for Kong Skull Island to be as good as it was. And a lot of people just didn't like view it. Yeah. Because like I remember when it came out and people just weren't talking about it. I was like, why is no one talking about how awesome this movie yeah. is? Or they were but... reviewing it in like a more cynical lens. Yeah, yeah. Like expecting it to be bad and not really even giving it a second thought about how, you know, yeah. creative it actually went. Yeah. Um I mean, 75% for both these movies is a good rating. Yeah. But I'm just saying that both being 75% is. Yeah, they don't feel very... equivalent when you watch them, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. So. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Have some, uh, should we talk well, about spo- move it to spoilers? Like, yeah, we have can some get into spoilers. The only things I want to talk about is just like some weird things that they did in this movie real quick, I guess. This will just yeah. build into the spoilers, which is like the whole opening, the whole concept. Let's, let's of... stop for a second. So sp- yeah. spoilers right now, right? Okay. Uh, so if yeah, you haven't seen the movie, you don't want things spoiled, um, click away. Um, but from now on, we're going to talk about very specific plot points and be prepared. Go for it. All right, so I'm going to run through a couple things. They all kind of build towards the big spoiler towards the end. But, um, like, I thought it was just a... I don't really know what the... I'm guessing the idea behind it was, like, how do we make this, like... like, I think they wanted to spend a lot of time in water in this movie. Like, maybe because all the other ones are on land and we can't just, like, keep smashing buildings. And so, like, a, a large portion of this movie takes place in the ocean. And so, like, Kong is being held in, like, some VR simulation on, like, a boat. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I mean, that's how the movie starts, is he's in a VR, like, a weird, or oh, yeah. a augmented yeah. reality. No, that's whatever. not on a boat. That's not it on a looked boat? On, no, it looked it very much on land. It was, like, in the middle of this huge factory area. Oh, okay. It yeah. was just in a storm. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I thought it was in a boat when they for some out. reason because of the mm-hmm. rain. Okay. That makes more sense then, because I was kind of confused on like, it's I like just how you so... that makes more sense then. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, in my head I was they like, Truman showed Kong. I, that's kind of what I was imagining for most of his life. They really did. It's such a, and it's just a strange thing to to, to do. I don't I know. Feel I like guess it'd be it's cheaper to just like make a island for him to go like right. hang out on with a bunch of bushes, and or stuff. just leave him there on Skull Island, like. Yeah, they didn't they, really. I don't really know why they brought him out of there, but whatever. So the 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 plot kind of breaks down is like so they, for some reason he's there and uh, they need him because they need to get to the Hollow Earth because they want to lure. Oh, because Godzilla is attacking everywhere around the world constantly and they can't get him to stop. So they want him to go to the Hollow Earth and lure Godzilla there. Right, that's kind of the plot of the movie. Or that's that's what they want to do, right? Because they their theory is that there's like a source yes. to their yes. powers, and yeah, so yeah. Go there. Godzilla wants Kong, yeah. Um, so they finally get there, and Kong like finds his axe and stuff in order to like retrieve the axe. He has to like he does something that like activates the power, right? And it starts flowing throughout everything, and it powers yep. the axe, and he picks up the axe, and then that's when Godzilla like. 
shoots through the whole earth. Yeah. So that so starting there, um, mm-hmm. that scene I thought was actually really cool because of the weird physics that they had built in the Hollow Earth. Like Godzilla shot down and it shot a hole through the floor of like mm-hmm. Hollow Earth. That yeah. whole scene right there, that confrontation between the two of them, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the visuals of them getting to Hollow Earth and just like the effect it has to everyone in the plane, like yeah, it was it was cool. It was it made no sense, but it was a great idea. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it looked cool. And that scene kind of jump started the cheat, like the stuff I really really liked in the movie that I think worked so well was the cheesy um, villain like evil corporation uh, that was secretly building Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. and um when they so they like yeah the girl his the the ceo's like daughter goes with them to hollow earth and she's able to like get a sample of the stuff and send it to him it immediately activates mecha like from that point on i really liked that whole last third of the movie um just like okay. that that che- okay well besides the millie bobby brown stuff <laughs> which still didn't i yeah we'll get to that in a minute but so that whole like i love that whole sequence of events because it was pretty much like a half hour long action scene too so you get that weird like hollow earth stuff and you get like kong picks up the axe and like jumps down the tube and comes launching out in the city i was like that is Mm -hmm. so fucking cool that looks awesome and that whole Mm -hmm. fight was just well done um that whole fight was very well done especially between just the two of them and i want to say that was at night and then mm-hmm. Godzilla kind of wins their confrontation. Kong gets knocked out and is like dying. And it kind of takes place over like as like the morning rises. And then Mecha Godzilla comes out. The evil man uh, activates Were Mecha Were you on Godzilla. board with Mecha Godzilla? Yeah. I was so on okay. board. Like it was so cheesy, but like it worked. You know for what me. was like <laughs> the know. most over the top decision was putting the, the like, the guy who was blending with Mecha Godzilla in a giant skull in some weird <laughs> neon room. Yeah. It was, he was, oh yeah. So that was, so he was that in that design was insanity. He was in the head of the main bad monster that Godzilla beats in King of Monsters. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be like the, it was like the monster that like is like the apex monster. He's supposed to be in control of everything. So he was in one of their heads. Um, is what that set was, I guess. But I didn't fully understand why. I think it they... was just the most bonkers decision <laughs> for a set yeah. design. Yeah. Well, they're just like, well, at that point, they're just like, why not? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, all that worked for me, except for, of course, the the culmination of Millie Bobby Brown's storyline, which was she spilt like coffee or something on a thing that disconnected the satellite from mecha godzilla which means they can beat him now it meant understand they it. had like an extra two seconds of like free space to like punch him a, another time he to like because like, he, he was like about something. to like you know land his like final blow and they like spilt some liquid on the computer system at the right moment um and that like broke him free so then they could keep beating him down but there was it didn't seem like it disabled him by any means because no, while they were kind of doing their final beat down he kind of defended himself pretty strongly for a bit right. but like that was the culmination <laughs> of like 40 minutes of like story bubbling through the whole storyline was spilling that water on the computer 
no no meaningful anything for those characters like they're just complete idiots and <laughs> no yeah. no impact on the rest of the story wow um and yeah and and throughout throughout even like the ending or the climax the our main characters are such bystanders bystanders mm -hmm. even though we like see them reacting to so many things yeah like they're not important and we, I don't even want to like, I don't even want, like I'm cool with them being bystanders because I don't want them part of the movie, but like right. we're still like so much like reaction shots and like plane swerving and um, yeah, it's like uh, and Alexander Skarsgård, he also does so little yeah. for the entire, like you said, 30 minute climax, yeah. maybe more um, besides just following Kong around. Right. <laughs> Um, it's it's pretty rough from yeah. a writer's perspective. It's kind of weird because, like, I actually think that um, Godzilla, King of Monsters, actually had a lot of... The characters aren't, like, really fleshed out. It's not like it... Not everything works really well, but the characters are actually pushing the story along, and it leads to these really cool action scenes. And because they're still, we still know there's more part of their story that's important to the story. Like it adds like a weight to each action scene because you're hoping they get out fine, you know. In this, it's like I don't know what they're doing or why they're doing. Like I don't. If they die here, like it doesn't affect the story at all. Yeah. Like they're still just gonna keep going, you know. It's like they're just, yeah. Like you said, they're kind of just like these pot. Like they're not. Like neither of them are like driving the boat or running the military that's delivering Kong to this place. Like if either of them died, like it wouldn't change anything. They'd still just keep going. Right. I think the last and, decision they make is telling the girl to tell Kong to go down the hole. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they do anything after that in either the whole hollow earth back in Hong Kong. I don't think anything else applies to them. Yeah. Even though they're there the whole time, which is like 50 minutes of the film. Yeah. It's um, just weird, weird, but weird writing. I don't know why they did it. The yeah. way they did. But anything, um, anything else outside of, I feel like I've repeated a little bit too much about that point. Uh, I mean, do you have anything else you want to mention that you liked or about the ending or spoilers? Um, yeah, I thought the, I just thought the Mecca got like including him in this movie was a cool, like um thing i did not i don't think anyone saw it coming you know it was kind of a big surprise at the end uh that was that just kind of made the end i think that really rose the like brought the movie way up for me because it was just such a fun it went out on a fun note mm -hmm. um, and i really enjoyed um, that last yeah the idea of godzilla and kong i mean i guess it is cliche to have not cliche but it's common to have your versus movies end up having to team up for a greater good by the end yeah you know batman versus superman did that very recently mm -hmm. um so that isn't too unique but in when i was watching it it felt different i was like oh, okay so now like they're no longer they have to like save each other here yeah. like the way it developed wordless because obviously there's monsters worked and especially at the very end when they part ways for the final time with a mutual understanding, mm -hmm. I thought that was like a really clever choice um, to have it end that way. Yeah. Um, it wasn't anything else besides the two monsters just kind of looking at each other and 
letting their anger go for right. each other. Like you can both exist on this world. Yeah. Yeah. I will say they did. Um, I think they did those two like justice. Like um, I, I understood what was going on between them. And I think they, they showed like the mythology through like action in a cool way that like made sense to me. And mm -hmm. like that part all felt like it, was the way it should have been like it just worked and made sense um so i guess there's that you know that's kind of a a hard thing to do with these non-speaking characters but um that worked really well for me yeah other than that so go ahead. go ahead so what would you rate this movie i think i'm giving it like a three yeah three i mean maybe on rewatch if that ending is as good as I remember it being. I might give it like a three and a half, but it yeah, also between three and three and a half for you. Yeah, but it also kind of kills it like by going back to like Millie Bobby Brown and like oh, Kyle mm -hmm. Chandler. Like, there's no re like they have nothing. He was in the movie for five minutes, but they bring him back as like an emotional thing for some reason. I yeah, I gotta be. I'm between a two and a two and a half, but mostly maybe just a two. Yeah. <laughs> that's where i'm landing with this um if, if it wasn't for the crazy good special effects yeah but um all right that's all i got all right yep pleasure um, doing this review with you should we up next yeah. um we're the rest of the month uh we're gonna be probably maybe reviewing barb and star go to vista del mar um sean might spearhead that one uh bad trip which is possibly Derek might spearhead that one and the infamous new horror film, St. Mond, which Nick is really excited to do. Um, granted, these are always open to fluctuate depending on the week, um, but that's looking to be our schedule coming up. So stay tuned uh, and see you all next time. Bye. Thanks, Derek. You're Later. welcome.